Psalm 24. The Lord spoke to me this week, as he often does. I've shared this before, probably. If you're new to Calvary and I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Josh Carson. I'm the pastor here. And in case you don't understand, I try to seek God and feel a specific word for any time I am in this pulpit, whether it is a standalone word or whether it's connected to a series that we're doing. And uh, as the Lord does, he often will speak a name or a place or a portion of scripture. And then I begin to study that out. And as I study that out from my devotion comes what I will preach about. And this is no different this morning. I was in prayer seeking the Lord not long ago, and he began to speak something to me. And I, I want to take you to Psalm 24. This psalm is connected by most commentaries to the bringing in of the ark of the Lord in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and 1 Chronicles 15. And this is how the psalm reads. If you have your Bible, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. If you do not, you can simply look on the screen. Or maybe you have a Bible, but the font's so small you can't actually read it. <laughs> but you look good with it. Praise the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? And then the answer comes, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? Oh, it's the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is that king of glory. Selah. I want to preach to you from what the Lord spoke to me from that first verse, the fullness thereof. The fullness thereof. I want everybody in the building, would you pray for the reading of the word? Would you pray for the preaching of the word? And would you pray for the response of the word right now? Everybody in the room, Lord, we love you. We pray, oh God, that the reading would be more than a temporary moment, more than hearing in our ears. We pray for the preaching of the word that it might be anointed and that it might find lodging in our mind and our heart. Don't let it take any bypass once it comes through our ears. Don't let us be distracted by phones or by friends. Help us to receive. And Lord, help our response to the word to show you our amen today, that we are in agreement 
with what you desire to accomplish in this house. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. How many believe the earth is the Lord's? If you believe that, then I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, and the fullness thereof. May be seated. There are a few things more frustrating and with the potential of being laced with trepidation than having your home broken into. I was just a young man, genuinely a young man, when Pastor Bolgren from Talmadge, Ohio, invited me to come directly from Indiana Bible College and be the youth pastor there. As a part of going to Talmadge, Ohio, I was afforded housing. I was thankful that I just was not given a tent to sleep in. I didn't know what my housing would be, but there was a family there in the church. I will say this, my call was not dependent upon the benefits that came with it. So I didn't wait to hear what I would get as to whether or not I would say yes. For the last several ministry roles that I've had, I have not allowed them to tell me how much money I would receive when I took the role. I feel like in my profession, it shouldn't be based on how much is in it for me. So I went to that location and they were kind enough to rent from a family in the church a beautiful little three-bedroom house. And I don't want you to be mistaken, it was not a large estate. It was not overwhelming. People were not clamoring to live there. It might have sat on Zillow for a minute. <laughs> but it wasn't nice little place, especially for a young man who was going to come and be a youth pastor and work at the Christian school. And I tried to decorate it, thank God, for my mom who had pity on me. If you're wondering whether or not young men have the ability to decorate, take a look at some of the dorm rooms. In the <laughs> I walked into an apartment a couple weeks ago and it was obvious every person in that room was single. <laughs> Ask the average man, what do you want to put here? I don't know. Chair? Table? Bed? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. And so it was... Decorated okay because of my mom, but I didn't really care about the decorations. It was a place to sleep, and it was a place to, that every now and then we could have a youth function, but it was a small house. It did not have an alarm system because houses like that don't have an alarm system. 
So I had this internal little alarm system set up. When you walk through the front door, immediately about 10 yards ahead, maybe 30 feet, maybe, maybe 20 feet would be safer. Guys, there was a door that you would open that went down to the basement. And that door had a push button lock on it so that no one could come up from the basement. Now, this shows you my level of wealth at the time. My security system was I would keep that door closed and that lock pushed. Pretty high tech. And I would know if I ever came home and that button was unlocked that somebody had been in the house. Some of you are thinking, that's ridiculous. I was the only one living there. It was all I had. Didn't have much moolah. And that was my security system. I'll never forget the night my cousin, Justin, was living there. His dad was living in the area. He lived there. And so him and I had been, I don't know what we were doing. We were hanging out one evening. And we got there after dark. He was going to hang out at my house a little bit before he left and went home. And we walked in the front door. He was in front of me. And I had made it a mental thing that I would check that door. We walked through the front door. And when we walked through there in the darkness, I saw that door half open. I can feel that in a room some. Heebie-jeebies. That door was half open. I'll never forget, Pastor Lopez, in that moment, frozen in the dark living room, seeing that door with just a little bit of light that was half open. I said, someone's broken the house. My cousin, my loving, kind cousin, turned and punched me. And ran out of the house. <laughs> it's my house. We walked in together. We got outside. I said, why'd you hit me? He said, I panicked. <laughs> Jerk. Get some composure. We run outside, we called the cops on what was now a very humorous looking cell phone. <laughs> it's like the Zach Morris. Call the cops and the cops come and we find out that up and down that road, Brother Massengale, there had been a string of robberies that night. They had been watching homes, targeting homes with no security system. They didn't know I had one. The most eerie part from the cops was based on everything they took from these other houses and the way your house is means when you showed up, they were inside. Why I want to. Yeah, right. It's easy to act tough now. I would have. We ran out the door. He punched me, ran out. I ran out mad twice. But they invaded the property. 
took what they wanted. They had taken goods from homes up and down that road. The only thing they stole from me, I can remember it, I had money that I was collecting to give to Sheaves for Christ. Yeah, that's how I felt. I said, Lord, you know. That's the only thing they got. And when the cop said you showed up, it hit me in a, in a new way. Some people will just try to gain access. Some people don't care about whether it's theirs or not. Some people will try to take whatever they want without working for it. I don't know anything. We never got to do a lineup because I didn't see them. I didn't have anybody that was caught and the cops came and got me. None of that ever happened. I just know what it feels like to have someone break into my stuff, try to put terror into my mind and walk away with things that belong to me. Can I tell you that the entire ploy of Satan has been to try to show up in what is actually God's? and cause havoc among God's people and take what does not belong to him anyway. For he is as that thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. And if he doesn't get your stuff, he'll at least try to take your mind. He'll at least try to induce panic. Now, I was in prayer this, Lord, this week and the Lord spoke to me and I'm talking to God and he just kept speaking to me, the fullness thereof, the fullness thereof, the fullness thereof. And I said, Lord, I, I've heard that scripture all my life, but I haven't probably done the study that it necessitates. And so I went in and I, I began to take a look and really study through it, thoroughly read through it and, and vet the dynamics of the scriptures. And I, I find out that it is very much tied to the Exodus passage that the Lord had already established everything in this earth is his. We that have a, a, a high faith in God and a high view of scripture, we believe that he is the creator. Somebody say amen. And we, we know that he has already established the world and the seas and he has done all of the creation. And as I begin to study it and I, I begin to see its correlation and consideration of 1 Samuel and, and the book of 1 Chronicles and, and think about them carrying that ark there into the, the, the city of David. There, they're carrying it into Jerusalem. And I see the psalmist in harmony with this. And I begin to read that, 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 that we would see it to be not just the earth, but the fullness. It means not just that which he has created physically in the trees and the birds, the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. But really, he's speaking to everything that walks. Every person that talks. And it is this, this Psalm, Psalm 24, that they would read at Herod's temple. Brother Brown, they would get up and they would begin to declare, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they would read down through that passage and they would even read, who is this king of God? Lord God, who shall ascend into the hill of the Most High? And they would read it. And historically, it proves true that the very day of Christ's triumphal entry, they would have read at those gates about the King of glory, but not recognized him when he walked through. Mm-hmm. 
They're there at the gates where commerce would work and where commerce would take place. The gates were intentional. The gates of every city, they were there to keep the right things in and the wrong things out. They were there where business and commerce would be done. Not a slender gate, but thick gates where the walls would come together and they would sit there and there would be business and there would be interaction. And we hear it sometimes and we read it sometimes and we think about what was happening. But the Lord was trying to establish something in the hearts of his people. It's not just the land that I'm after. I'm after the heart of every man. I'm after the heart of every woman from the eldest to the youngest. I want them to understand who I am and what I desire to do for them. So I would read you just a little bit. I spent some time in, in Wearsby again this week as I often do and I read a quote by Clarence Benson talking about the drama that unfolded. How many believe that he did suffer and bleed and die and purchase our salvation. It's been called the greatest drama the world has ever seen, but it was not fictional. It was non-fiction. It really happened. And Clarence Benson put this quote that, that, that Wearsby recorded saying, the earth is the theater of the universe. Not, 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 just, not just for the entertainment of the people, but even the angels stand in awe of the glory and the splendor and the righteousness of God. And so we have to picture here as the psalmist begins to declare under the inspiration of the Lord and begins to write, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's saying whether there are men that will lift their voice to praise him or whether there be religious folks that will acknowledge his reality. Even the trees know who he is. Even the birds will sing songs to him. Even the seas will wave. It's not just the earth. It's the fullness thereof. It's their... There may be some that will stand at the gate while the palm branches are waved and the king rides in for triumphal entry. And there are some who will fold their arms in disgust and say, I don't believe it, but there will be some that say, who is this king of glory? The Lord God mighty. There... And I want to tell you something, that regardless of how many choose to deny him, it's still his. It's still all his. Not just the earth. Not just the earth. The Lord sent me here to ask us a question. I'm going to ask me and I'm going to ask you with me. Are we giving him the fullness? I know we're giving him Sunday, but are we giving him the fullness? Does he get my Monday? Does he get my Tuesday? Does he get my Wednesday? I know he gets my Wednesday night 90% of the time, but does he get my Wednesday morning? Or do I wake up in the morning frustrated that I got work and church today? Oh, pastor, that's rough. Go back to the funny story. No, 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 no. Bear with me for a second. I'm telling you, it can be overwhelming. We can have a lot of events. We can have a lot of services. We can have a lot going on. But I want to remind us here today, the church does not cease when service at 902 is not in order. 
The church doesn't cease to exist. The church is happening every minute of every hour, of every day, of every month, of every year. It never ceases to exist. And I got news for us. When we don't feel like praising him, there's somebody in the fullness that says he's worthy. He's worthy of it all. He's worth. Well, you can't worship him because you've had a rough week. I beg to differ. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness. Even when it's a bad day, I gotta give him praise. Even when it's a rough season, I gotta give him praise. He can handle the fullness thereof. I said he can handle the fullness. <laughs> so dive with me into the text. Everybody repeat after me. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Uh-huh. Turn to somebody you hadn't talked to yet and ask them, does he get your fullness? Does he get your fullness? Does he get my fullness or does he get my foolishness? (laughs) For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Think about this in harmony with them bringing the ark in. Because while they're bringing the ark in, all of Israel is worshiping. That six-mile stretch from the house of Obed-Edom all the way here to Jerusalem, they've been bringing it for all this time. They've been carrying it some 2,347, if the math proves right, of two different types of animals have spilled a 1,000-plus gallons of blood on that dirt stretch of highway. And every six paces, they've been stopped. But by the time they get into the city where the place for the ark has been prepared, David's own wife won't worship. I'm going to tell you right now, we have people in this church that come to church without spouses and we commend you. We honor you for being faithful to the house of God. I'm going to tell you something else. We love your spouses. We love your family. I thought I'd hear a greater clap on that. I, we love their family. But we remember that Michael is in the window and she's despising him in her heart. But it's David's answer that brings revelation to the whole thing. When she says, how glorious was the king. Blah, blah, blah. David looked at her and said, I wasn't dancing for you. And I wasn't dancing for your father. That's why you can't worry when people do not like your worship. You're not dancing for them. You're not showing up for them. They're not the, it's not them who deserves the fullness. I give him everything because he's given everything to me. I give him the fullness of my praise. I give him the fullness. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Oh, David, don't do that. You you shouldn't act like that. No, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness. (laughs) 
the fullness thereof. He's worthy in the balcony. Cameron, he's worthy up there as much as he is when you're down here. What about when we're not in this building? The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Your living room his? Is your family room his? Is that bottom drawer in the bedroom his? <laughs> Pastor, don't meddle. No, I'm pastoring. The Lord spoke to me this week in prayer and said, if you'll give me everything, I'll show you things that you've never seen before. If you'll give me every part, every element. Can I tell you this? He wants parts of our life that we think no one wants. He wants every, he wants everything. Time out. Think about it. Let's bring the full. I, you, you know me. I love the narrative. We got to bring this. Hayden, you got to think about this, okay? The king that's dancing before the Lord that Michael's upset with is the same dude that his brothers didn't want him to come home and be having an anointing opportunity. The same guy that when he shows up to battle, they're annoyed with him. He had to come to terms a long time ago. I'm not in this based on my brother. I'm not in this based on my sister. I'm not going to be based on this. Michael can't keep her mind up who she loves. Michael's as up and down as the wind. Well, she don't know whether she loves God today or not. She don't really want to love me whether or not, unless I'm treating her like my God. And so David's this shepherd boy who's standing here now and bringing it in. And that's what's happening. So let's, let's read on. I know some of you are thinking, get past verse one. He hath founded it upon the seas, established it upon the floods. It's, a, a, it's an amazing statement right there alone that he has established it upon the floods. He can take the floods and he can... <laughs> but then he asks the question, who... Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? You know, this is talking about the temple. Who is going to be able to enter? And it would have been a congregational moment. This would have been a moment where the congregational uh, would have been involved. And so we're going to do what this psalm was built to do. So get, get the scriptures, get the scriptures ready, if you will. Go to verse 3. Okay, because there is a call and there is a response. It's, it's a song. It's a song. It is a revelatory song. And we're going to use it as such this morning. Two questions are asked. Who? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Now, verse four, I want everyone to read with me. He that hath clean... Now you read it. Do you believe it? Okay, let's go forward then. Verse five. He shall, 
He shall receive the blessing And then a declaration, this is the generation of them that seek thy face. Them that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Watch this. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. It is a declaration. You've got to look. You've got to think of the gates of the city. You've got to think of the keeper of the gate and what it means to open. The gates were there for four to five. I, I was in, let's show that picture from Quebec City. My wife and I got to go and, and do a uh, trip to Quebec City and we took a bunch of kids. It's a very unchurched area and region. But while we were there, we were astounded. When we were in Quebec City, less than 1% unemployment. One of the things we were going to do was pick up trash and there wasn't any. But right there, there are four different gates. This is probably the most beautiful one left over from the building in the 1600s. And there is an absolute contradiction of architecture between the old city and the new city. The gates were where they would keep watch because it came under siege, early uh, establishment in the early 1600s. But we know that they come under French siege and we know that there's an American, it's a great time of war as we work up through the 1800s. And, and, and the reality is the gates is where they would watch and guard and try to keep and fortify the city from those who were coming in and those that were going out. And I remember that we walked so casually while we were there, babe. You remember we were there in, in Quebec and we wanted to walk. We would walk out of the new and we would walk into the old city and, and we would leave the old and we would walk into the new. And I, it, it struck me, and I know how things hit preachers, but it struck me. All these gates do is look pretty. They serve no purpose other than to remind us of what we used to guard against. <laughs> I want to tell you, men and women of God, what we're about to read here was a cry from the very heartbeat of God when he said, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Some of us in King James, we struggle with, what is he saying? He's saying, you raise those gates for the king of glory. You lift up those fortified places for the king. Even the areas that the king doesn't get to enter. <laughs> what does Proverbs say about the heart, about guarding the heart? Brother Carson, I've, I've given God my, my city. I've given him my heart. I've given him my mind. Well, are the gates really open wide? Are the gates really open wide where I can walk in on a Sunday morning and I can say it's all yours? It all belongs to you. I give every thing to you. So here we go. Congregational. Turn back in your Bible. Open it back up with your, with your finger here. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. And what will happen? What do we think would happen in here if the King of glory really could just walk in and do whatever he wanted to do. I'm trying to tell God, don't let one addict walk in and stay the same. 
I'm opening this gate to you. Well, you know, Pastor Carson, you know, Pastor Carson, some of us like the old, some of us like the new. We can't have it all. And how many found out we can't please everybody? How many know you can't even please your spouse sometimes? You can't, can't even keep the kids happy sometimes. Who can we please? <laughs> so what do we do on a Sunday? Get the gates open. <laughs> Get the gates open. Why do you go to that church? They open the gates there. Who gets to come in? Anybody that wants to meet the king. Any, anybody that wants to meet the Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be ye lift up. Ye everlasting doors, and what happens? Here we go, I'm gonna ask the question and then I want you to give the answer. Who is this king of glory? I want to do it again. I want to do it again because I want to make hell have a bad day. How many know he'll share his glory with no man? Didn't Isaiah the prophet declare it? God's not going to share his glory. Only he's going to get the glory. So I want to ask you, listen, hell's been attacking some people in this place. So I want to ask you a question. Who is this king of glory? Declare, lift up your heads, O ye. If he's the Lord, open the gates. If he's the one, open the gates. Get the gates open and let God move in this. Let him set the sinner free. Let him set the addict free. Let him mend the brokenhearted. Let him bind up. We can't do it. But if the king, if the king of glory, oh, I wish you'd take a moment and give him praise in this. King of glory, king of glory. Verse nine, verse nine. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of... <sighs> Why do you go there? All churches are the same. Not all churches are the same. Not all churches are the same. Some got this gate and some got this gate and some got this. This isn't our kingdom. Boy, I wish I could preach that for a minute. This isn't my kingdom. This isn't my kingdom. I surrender this kingdom. When he shows up, I don't ask him for ID. Oh, let me preach a moment right now. I don't, I don't have to second guess him. I, I don't need to be cynical. When he shows up, I say the floor is yours. It's yours. When he moves on me and, and says you ought to run the lap, I just take off because when he tells me you ought to just praise me and dance a little bit, I say, go ahead, go ahead, because this is yours. 
So I skip, man, I... Why would you go in Stonegate on a Saturday, brother? Where's Brother Trano? I hear you, but I don't. What are you doing on a basketball court on a Saturday talking about how God delivered you from drugs? People were saying, who is this king of glory? Brother Trano said, he's the Lord, mighty in battle. Had a battle with drugs, but he's the Lord. Mighty in battle. Come on, I don't care what you've been dealing with. He is the Lord. And he's mighty. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. O ye gates. And be lift up ye everlasting. And the king. Verse 10. Verse 10, I got a question for you. Who is? This king of glory. Times. Read that part again. The Lord. Go ahead, elders, say it again. Come on, some lady say that. I want to hear a young person say it. That means the Lord of everything. Angelic and demonic. Come on. Even your enemy cannot attack you without permission. That's why he won't let anything come to you beyond what you're able to bear. He's the Lord of... I'm going to ask the question. I'm not even trying to be calm at this point. That's, I'm gonna ask the question. Hmm. I want you to give the answer only if you believe it. This time I don't want you to read it. I just want you to declare the first part of that. I asked you a question, Calvary Tabernacle. Who is this king of glory? <laughs> time out. You know what was more powerful about that one? I kind of felt the fullness. Some of the people that just sit there and you don't ever say anything in church, give us 15 seconds. I'm not taking a shot at you, I'm just asking you. I'm telling you that from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, the greatest thing he gave you was the voice of validation. There's a reason that it's evidence when someone receives the Holy Ghost that they speak in tongues because he gave you your tongue. He gave you life and death. For somebody right now in the middle of a financial distress, I got a question for you. Who is this king of glory? <laughs> for somebody that has been battling in your marriage and the enemy is telling you it's over, I got a question for our church. Who is this king of glory? <laughs> for somebody whose mind the enemy has been working on your mind, whether you're in this building or you're watching from afar and you've been overwhelmed and wrecked. I got a question for this body of believers. Who is this King of glory? He 
is the King of glory. He's over it all, so he's worthy of it all. He controls it all, so he's worthy. Where's Caleb? We didn't talk. I didn't tell you what to sing. I didn't tell you to sing about his fullness. I didn't tell you to get up and sing. We sat in the pre-service meeting. And the last words they said was, we're feeling like maybe at the end of that though, we should start saying he's worthy of it all. I thought to myself, do that. Because he's worthy. <laughs> he's Stand with me all over the house. Stand, 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 stand. <laughs> he's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of... Even that mindset that's been trying to creep up and lie to you. He's God over that. Even for the people, boy, I'm talking to somebody right now. I have no plan to say this until right now. People in this room that have been fearing death. I curse that to hell. I curse that. What are you saying? He walked and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He is the Lord of everything. You don't have to be fearful. He's the Lord of hosts. You don't have to be overwhelmed. He's the Lord of hosts. So you Throw your hands towards heaven if you will. Lift up. Lift up your heads. Oh, ye gates. Be lift up, ye everlasting. And this is the promise. The King of glory. He's asking somebody in this house, when are you gonna really open the gates? He's asking somebody in this room, when are altar calls gonna be passionate for you again? The earth is the Lord's and the fools. God, I want you to know I'm yours. I want your glory to be on display in my life. We want your glory to be on display in this church. Only reason we have classrooms is because we want your glory in them. The only reason we have youth services is because we want your glory in them. Only reason we've got that coffee area is for your glory to fill the fellowship. I need people of all ages. 
to step out of their pews with their hands raised and walk down to the front of this place and say, King of glory, King of glory, I'm opening the gates wide. I'm opening the gates of my heart. I'm opening the gates of my mind to you and you. Who is this King of the Lord? The Lord Almighty. Come on with hands lifted. They're going to begin to sing that song. You're worthy of it all. And I'm asking all over this place that we would lift our hands and we would open the gate of our hearts. That we would lift our voices and we would welcome the King. This so prompted as we begin to pray and worship anywhere if you're anywhere in the room and you'd be you'd be honest in this moment I'm telling you ahead of time I don't want anyone surprised I'm gonna have people around you the church agree with you and pray with you but if you're in this room right now and you're at a place where you'd be willing to say we need the king of glory usher in to our house or I need him to usher into my mind and heart I need the key because I've had an enemy beating on the gate of this and I need the king of I need to lift my head and our family we need we need the glory this is a moment of acknowledgement not sure what it might be but I felt prompted so strong to ask that question. We're a church that believes in confession and we believe in united prayer. That's why we are the church. If you're here today and you say, we need the king of glory right now in our family. We need, I need the king of glory in my life in a fresh way right now. I, I want you to lift your hand real high. I want everybody to find people around you right now with their hands. Come on, everybody that's willing, I want you to find people around you. I'm asking you to lay hands on them right now. Everybody, look for people with their hands up and be the body. 